What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Middle cough! Hey, be dame, hey, be. Man. Dude. Oh, I, we can't even get into it. Let's just talk about this real quick. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by, we're recording on a Wednesday. This podcast is brought to you by Ease, John. E-A-Z-E. On fire right now. The best delivery platform to get the best legal license, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in CA. I was out and about Tuesday night. Somebody pulled what, out a little what, tin. What were, you, what were you doing? Some little gummies. Party? little birthday party for our buddy uh, Taylor from uh, DHS. Okay. Class of 2003. Where was the party? At, Downtown? Uh, yeah, it was at Deli Board. Okay. Good spot. Was the, a lot of people there? A little private party. They had, the, okay. they, had, they had like the doors closed, you know, shut it down. That's pretty sweet. There were some Ease customers. Somebody, spread the word. somebody pulled out a little tin of some little gummies. Okay. They're like sativa. Are, are they and I, orange, and I know, little orange gummies? Little orange gummies. And I oh, know, yeah. I had one yesterday. I know. I said, you know, I know somebody that shot a 78 on those the other day. <laughs> you should you should have popped one. But Ease.com, promo code HAM. You know who probably could use a little Ease.com? Probably not the uppers, but the downers. And he is from Los Angeles. Would be Russell Westbrook when he's home over the off season. Download Ease.com, promo code HAM. Uh, you get $20 off your first deli- or purchase. Over $50 free delivery. You can't beat it, guy. I love our friends and our partners at Ease because they're just making a lot of people happy all over uh, California, really. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, – they had a record player too, John. So, it was, you know, what a, everything fit. Uh, Ease.com, E-A-Z-E.com, promo code HAM. I Actually, someone pulled it out and I go, Pro- promo code HAM. <laughs> I, I like it. Shout out to Gerardo, who I met last night, also a, a listener. Uh, big fan. What up, Gerardo? What's up, Gerardo? Uh, used to work for the Kings. Now a uh, little, little tech tech biz. But uh, E-A-Z-E dot com. Did you see who got announced to Chase? Uh, I did. I'm, name's escaping me. Who? Eric Church. When? Uh, oh, I, was thinking, I was thinking Phil Collins. <laughs> you know, I, I like Phil in the air tonight. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe September. I think like last weekend of September. 
Can Taylor get us some tickets? Uh, text has already been sent. I'll be there. That's that's a solid uh, solid concert. How much do you think tickets are? My guess would be just to get in the door cheapest, two hundred bucks. Yeah, that's I don't just know. a guess. I, I mean, a guess. I don't know. Either. I haven't seen. Do you, does that yet. sound high or low? I'm talking no. the shittiest seats there. Yeah, that doesn't sound high. What would you say for good seats? Eight hundred bucks. Well, I know like for when there's a legit concert at like Oracle Park, AT and T. I've looked before for like the um, when it was. Uh, uh, like Metallica uh, Eric, or something? Uh, Eric, uh, Zach Brown Zach, Band? Not Eric yeah. Brown Band. Uh, what it was Zach Brown Band? Like those, because he came with somebody else who was sweet. Well, I would imagine Eric Church is going to come with someone that's cool. Yeah, but no, I mean, but he came with like, n- not ACDC, but somebody like, somebody like legit, legit. I can't remember yeah. who it was. And I want to say those tickets were like 600 bucks on the field. And I would say that AT&T or Oracle Park would be cheaper than Chase Center. Just they've been doing yeah. it longer. They got more money flow. It's not like they can put the price point a little lower. I would imagine Metallica was something similar. Uh, Eagles. Yeah, it I, was Zach Brown and the Eagles. That's who it was. Was that before What's-His-Name died? That's pretty solid. I, I would imagine the Chase Center, the more I think about it, like front row standing only, Eric Church, probably be a grand. Yeah. I, I would imagine this first year at the Chase Center to go to a concert going to be pretty expensive. If they told you uh, Eric Church is coming and Bradley Cooper's opening, would that make the ticket price go up? Well, if you told me, I mean, seriously, if it yeah. was Lady Gaga, if she comes, like I'd go see Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, Gaga has rocketed to the top of my must-see list. I'd go see her for sure. Just sometimes just go to YouTube and watch Lady Gaga. Like, oh, she's a, She's a blue chipper. I mean, I there's do. no – I think she – honestly, I think she's got mad sex appeal. I think she's hot. And I never thought that until I watched that movie. I'm like, I'm digging this chick. I'd be like, chill. I watch her now. I'm like, chill out on the makeup. Like, you're gorgeous. I know. Um, she, she's, she's a stud. Uh, this podcast also brought to you by Upstart. Great to have Upstart on the podcast. Uh, as most of you know, I think everybody knows this, getting into debt, very easy. Getting out of debt, hard. Capital H-A-R-D. Especially if your FICO score isn't great. Now there's Upstart.com, which is the revolutionary lending platform that offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off your high-interest credit card debt. Guy, Upstart.com slash ham. That's the thing. Upstart.com slash ham to find out how low your interest rate is because that's key. I I got a ton of credit card debt. I got a ton of debt in general. My credit card, just credit cards, the rates are extreme. I don't think most people pay attention to that. And then you look, you're like, God, I'm paying 25% and I owe 20 grand in credit card bills. But upstarts believe that you're more than just a credit score. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. That's the thing. You can go check your rate. Just sign up. They check your rate. You don't need to get a loan. You can just see what the rate would be. It might be cheaper to go with our new sponsor, our new partner, our new friend in Upstart and pay off all your bills. And then again, you are saving money. Because every point when you're talking about 5, 10, 20 grand is pretty expensive. Like the difference between 20% and 15% or 10% is huge. And sometimes people get worried about like, oh, does it affect my credit? Right when I, you know, if I get my credit card uh, checked, it it doesn't. It's zero impact. They, uh, yeah, they go beyond because they reward you based on your education, job history, that sort of things in the form of a smaller interest rate. Over 200,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards student loans, fund a wedding, make a big purchase. Uh, so right now, see why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. Go to upstart.com slash ham 
to find out how low your upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes, and it won't affect your credit. That's upstart.com slash ham. Uh, okay, speaking of uh, credit, Russell Westbrook used to have a lot, John. Used to have a lot. Uh, he is out of the playoffs. Dame took. Uh, now, I you could argue they were tied. So it's different when you're tied than down one. I don't care. You take that shot. The shot that Dame Lillard took to beat the Thunder to knock him out of the playoffs. The stat you told me was amazing about series-winning shots. How many have there been? I think there's been six series-winning shots okay. in NBA history. So not a game winner, but one to end a series. Michael has two of them. He's the only one with two. I forget the other names. It might have been like a Jerry West, someone old, maybe like a Magic. Dame also has two. Two. To end a series. Like that's obviously to end the NBA Finals or the probably the Conference Finals would be the best. But just ending any other series, like the first or second round, that's pretty fucking incredible. Especially, guy, when you're the underdog. When I first checked, when uh, our friends at my bookie, when the playoffs got, the, the matchups got set, you could get Portland at almost two to one. Like, they, they weren't just an underdog. They were a heavy underdog. And we talk all the time, like during March Madness, you can't, like sometimes a 12 versus a 5, remember forever in our life, it was like, oh, there's always a 12-5 upset. A couple times this year, I think it was like 12-5 was like a one-point favorite. Like that's not a big, you know, sometimes like the 8-9, the 9 was like a seven-point favorite. The number in front of your name, just because the Portland Trailblazers were the three right. seed, the Thunder were the heavy favorite. Guy, they're paying two players $340 million. Paul makes 140, Russ makes 200. I'm watching last night thinking... Love Dame, and CJ's really good. But when you have Russ and Paul on your team and you're paying them that type money, you can't you, – you just – under no circumstances can you lose in five, guy, as, as the favorite. Now, you can lose, but lose in five? Like, think about that. That, to me, is the craziest yeah. part of the whole thing. Yep. They lost in five. You get do- that means you got do- – you didn't have a chance. You got dominated. Like, I, I love this. It took a 50-burger from Lillard. Yeah, to beat him in game five. As Dame said, we won four games. They won one. So I don't give a fuck what the circumstances was. They won four games. My my thing would be like, yeah, he put 50 on him. Like, I don't, you don't get discredited for scoring 50. Like, oh, you really no. had to have a great game. Yeah, he put 50 on him. I, I, I watched the whole thing. Uh, mainly, I mean, it was, did I hate watch Russ want to see him get knocked out? Was I rooting on my couch? Yes. But... It was as good, like if I just take my emotion for rooting for Russ to get knocked out, just from an entertainment standpoint, watching it. Like I, Nick Wright had a good point. I heard him today. Uh, Shaq, Steph, KD, like the amount of elite players in NBA history that have never scored 50 points in a playoff game. Mm. I think because we see it so often now, guys score 50 in the regular season that, yeah, Kevin, he scored. No, he's never scored 50 in a playoff game. Like, that's pretty historic. And to do a guy that I, – I, it was a it was an all-time legacy-shifting series. Like, we do a lot of hyperbole and takes now. Like, that that ain't a te- that ain't a hyperbole. Like, that well, was a legacy shifter. I agree with you. It, to me, it felt like when Steph crossed over Chris Paul and dropped him and Chris fell. And I remember, like, being on the radio the next day, you and me on terrestrial radio, and, like – Warriors fans were just loving it. But as it turned out, looking back, that also 
it was somewhat symbolic. Maybe the timeline doesn't exactly line up with Steph being no. better than him, but it was symbolic because he was, I think, considered better than Steph at, around that time, right? And it was part of the time frame when Steph shifted to becoming what, what he soon became. And I actually think Chris, since then, definitely since he went to Houston, his legacy has kind of changed back positively. Like, he's clearly real. Like, he's better than Russ, you know? I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, part, I, I but you know what was similar, John, is part of that, was that they the the Clippers kind of felt like they had Steph's number, like they knew how to defend him. They'd hit him with that high trap, and yeah. they'd kind of talk shit to him like he was a kid. Like they treated him a certain way. Chris, Chris would do, Chris would dominate him, yeah. physically, and they deserve they had the right to do it. But kind of the same deal like with Russ, like that he he was chirping yesterday. Like dude, you like you guys are down three games to one. Well, I, my my takeaway on the Trailblazers. I judge you by how the Warriors, they carry themselves around you. And the one team, I'd say Kyrie, even more than LeBron. Like, I don't think they like LeBron, though. I think they all know LeBron. Like, they would never say LeBron sucks. They just don't like him personally. But, I mean, Kevin does. But Steph and Clay, and, and even Draymond as a competitor, he kind of fucked him the one year. But they, him and Kyrie, they, they, they never took personal shots at. They've always felt of everyone in the NBA that they respected those two guys. Now, granted... CJ and Dame have had some like just historic nights against them. I remember CJ one game scored like thirty and a quarter. Dame's had a couple fifty night point nights against them. They've had some unreal playoff series, even though they've been like four game sweeps of just like God. Dame and CJ are just going blow for blow with these guys. I just think they respect them. They would never talk shit to those guys because they know they're like a a worthy foe. So for Russ whose legacy was kind of like, bro, you got to get out of the first round here to start chirping at these guys and then have Dame double down and just kind of break you. I I don't know, man. I, I don't ever quite remember seeing a guy – like last night felt to me like maturity versus immaturity. Now, Dame's just a better player. He can shoot. Russ can't. But it was like the way Dame carries himself, the way he talks. Marcus had a great tweet last night. He's like, this dude ain't saying shit. You just he's got this look in his eye. He's out for blood. Like Dame was not reacting to anything. He wasn't chirping. He he came out. I it was an execution, guy. It was a fucking execution. Even before the shot. Do you know the Thunder? If you were you locked into the game? Uh, no, John. Well, they were up fifteen. I was. Points. I saw. I got a text that said zero. All it said was zero, and I'm like, oh, what did Russell do? Well, and then I checked the Twitter, and it wasn't Russell. They, they were up, maybe not 15, it was 13, 13 points, I think, with six and a half minutes left. The Thunder, it was like, God, they're, I mean, they're going to lose. Mm. And then Russ, he just kind of goes Tasmanian devil. Like, bro, you're trying to get these layups, he's missing these layups, he's hauling ass, the shot clock doesn't play. Paul's heating up, he's not giving Paul the ball. Dame hits a bunch of threes, CJ hits some shots. It was incredible, and Slash... They kind of fell apart. You know, so I, I, I have a couple more thoughts on this. One is, like, we have this conversation around baseball. This conversation happens around baseball a lot right now. Like, are bat flips okay? Like, let, you know, the whole, like, the ad campaign. Let the kids play. Like, what's wrong with having fun? And I agree with most of that stuff. Like, logically, let people bat flip. You shouldn't hit a guy in the ear hole for bat flipping, whatever. But I think one thing, Dame, because I was thinking about bat flips the other day. Like, yeah, it's fine. It's cool. It's fun. Go f If that's your thing, go do it. But at the end of the day, I'll still always just I will always respect the guy that quote unquote does it the right way. I know we mock do it the right way, 
But at the end of the day, Dame, Dame Lillard does the whole thing the right way. Like, he just acts like a pro, and he is a baller. And I still, as much as never I... Co- never complained about not having enough help. As long as I... As, even though I logically am cool with bat flips and talking a little trash, like, all that stuff is fine. I don't fight it. I'm good with it. It's good for the sport. Did you have a problem with Tim Anderson a little? No, actually, I, I didn't. Did okay. you hear what Tim Anderson said? Uh, to the other guy? No, so after the fact, Tim Anderson got asked about it, and he was like, um, you know, I kind of like to model myself after Russell Westbrook. He just plays his ass off every night. I'm not gonna. Ch- I'm just going to play my ass off every <laughs> night, and I'm not changing for anybody. I like that. Yeah, I did too. So that one actually didn't... Again, like, not all bat flips are created equal, but whatever. I, I'm just saying... The guy that never bat flips isn't boring. Like sometimes that's just somebody who plays the right way. And I still do think there's sometimes just a, a way to carry yourself. Doesn't mean you could never bat. Flip. But again, like, like Mickey Mantle bat flip, like whatever. Dame Dame wave goodbye, Adam. I, I actually love that. Yeah, I'm just saying, like I, there's not apples see, to apples. Do you see CJ saw Dame waving goodbye? He put his hand up and started waving too. The Dame staring going. into the camera <laughs> in the mosh pit was incredible, wasn't it? It guy, it was. It was as legendary of a performance. Again, I'm not trying to be hyperbole and live it in the moment. But when I heard the 50-point stat, like 50-point game winner from 35 feet, the way it set up over Paul George, who was a legitimate MVP player. And no, I mean, I Paul George got to be first team all defense. Like it doesn't, that's fucking as good as it gets. Dude. Like that's Dame, Russ, and Paul, and probably even if CJ's not a max guy, he's still like a $100 million player. That's like $500 million worth of player right there. Like, that's a star-studded first round of just those four guys, right? You think Damian Lillard's underrated? I think he, I think unequivocally it was unarguable that he was before this this game. I just think with a casual fan. Now, NBA people, I think Zach Lowe tweeted, or maybe Simmons this morning, he was first-team All-NBA last year. He was a first-team All-NBA guard, and more than likely, he won't be first-team this year, but every voter will admit he was the third guard. If it was Steph James, he would have been the third. There are just not three spots. Let me I think rephrase it. it. Is he a big? It, does his NBA stardom reflect accurately how good he is? Like, Is he a big enough star based on how good he is? No. I don't think so but, either. I'm beginning to wonder if he has a sneaky MVP in him. Um, I think it's unlikely, but... Well, guy, he got first-team All-NBA last year, and they were the three-seed. Like, it's hard for them to get much better than that. Like, that's pretty damn good. I, I do think mm-hmm. Russ benefited from... He played on a team that went to the finals when they were really young, and he had this super-famous player with him, so he kind of grew with him and mm-hmm. became really famous. The Dame was always kind of the alpha, and even when he wasn't quote-unquote the alpha, LaMarcus Aldridge is not a sexy player. So, like, if you would have said it was Russell West, or, I mean, it was Dame Lillard, and instead of, and CJ's just, like, the super smart, unreal, solid player. Like, let's say Dame's alpha had been, like, Anthony Davis or something, or, I mean, like, his other player. I think he'd probably be a little more famous. Uh, but I think, I think this year... I also think just playing in Portland... Yeah, for sure. But that that game and that moment, again, I, I've been a I've been a Dame fan. I think way before it was popular, I just always kind of liked them. I think and I think in the Bay Area, like we've always had a steady diet of them, right? But I and I always just 
Like the barrier kind of claims him. That's the best part about this. Well, I, well he, I mean, he claims that. No, no, I he know. Even, but like, I mean, like Warrior them. fans get to kind of talk about him, like he's like he's kind of on the Warriors. Like that part yeah, entertains me. I, I think, but it, it, this area means a lot to him for right? sure. Yeah, no doubt. So it's just one of those, and I think it's it's just one of those areas. Like if you're from Oakland, it travels with you. Like that's probably even more than like people from San Francisco. Like you can't name. Every famous guy from San Francisco, okay, just stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, does everyone know Tom Hanks is a Bay Area guy? Well, you probably did 30 years ago, but I don't think he talks about it every day like he once did. Damed is going to be talking about this like till he's like, till he dies, right? Oh, he's going to bring up Oakland. I bet he, I actually, he might raise his kids in Portland because he might just become an all time legend there, right? I, he the, already is. So here's is he the, the best player in the history of the franchise, or is Clyde still? Uh, I mean, Clyde is. I guess Bill Walton, they won a championship back in the late 70s. Was it 78? I mean, back when. Like, I don't. I think he could end up as the best player. I'm he's not, already like a top three or four player in their franchise history, and he's ascending. Yeah, I mean, but Clyde, Clyde's. You know, is he on his way to the Hall of Fame? You'd say probably. I'd say it's I'd say likely. Not. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but. That might just be just that moment. I mean, it was Clyde and kind of, it was kind of like Clyde and Jordan for a minute there. Yeah, but then Michael shut that up. Yeah, for sure, no doubt. I'm just saying, like Clyde was pretty freaking good. See, I think I, I think Michael kind of got broken. Now again, Dame hasn't broken Steph, but I think if you're a Portland diehard, and let's say you're like 50, so you've lived through it all, you go the one thing that maybe Clyde didn't quite have, like Dame lives for it. Like if. Whoever the Michael equivalent is, Steph, he would beg to play him. Yeah. He loved playing Russ. He would sign up for it. So the other thing I'll tell you about Damon is that I've done two college basketball games. I've called two college basketball games at the, uh, well, not the Rose Garden anymore, whatever they call it now, and at the Blazers. TD Bank or something? Yeah. Or is that Boston? That's Boston. Yeah. I forget what they call this place. Um, how how was Calabro's call? I love Calabro, man. Like, I will go... Dickinson always sends me like links, but if you go right now or after this podcast and just pull up Sean Kemp, like just go pull up some Sean Kemp highlights and it'll be mostly Calabro calling it. Calabro was the voice of the Sonics. Could you pull up right now the TNT call and just play it? Uh, Yeah, I'd have to rewire something here, but I can, yeah, I can play it for you. Um, But I was going to say, it was pretty sweet. So I've, I've called two games there, John, and both times I've been there in two different, well, actually three games there. Twice, I've seen it happen where a team will do shoot around or they'll do their walk through the day before, and several players will practice, will try the Dame Lillard game winner that he hit against the Rockets because he's kind of coming. You know, if you're right-handed, he's running the wrong way around the top, and he gets to where that playoff logo was. So he's several feet behind the three-point line. You know the shot I'm talking about, right? The last game winner, the last series winner that he hit against Houston. What, oh, the fadeaway to the ago. left. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The one that won the series. Like, yeah. I've seen multiple players on college basketball teams who were in high school when it happened practice, like, try that shot when they get a chance to. Because it's an NBA floor. Like, the Blazers logo is there. A lot and of air balls? Yeah. No, I don't think I saw him <laughs> make it. But the point is, like, Damian, this is when I go back to asking, like, is he underrated? I do think the youth, John, I think, I think those young fans are locked in on Dame Lillard. Like, I think they know all about him. Yeah. Which is not I, a hot take. I, I, I think he's pretty universally liked by just sports people. Like, I saw Charles Woodson tweet last night. I don't know where he lives. He must live on the East Coast. 
he's like, Dame's a badass. And then he's like, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Just had to tweet that because I might not be able to stay up. I'm like, well, Charles, it's 8 o'clock. Maybe he doesn't live on the West Coast. Uh, but, I mean, I just saw a lot of NFL people tweeting about him. It just feels like he tweets at a lot of NFL people. He's kind of a motivational guy. It just feels like I, – I don't – have you ever heard of anyone that doesn't like him? No. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'll, I'll do it old school for you here. He's got 11. Tied at 115. Crowd rising to the feet. George will defend Lillard. Spread floor. Lillard with 47 tonight. Working it down to two to one. A deep three. Oh! Blazers win this series, a walk-off three from Lillard. Damian Lillard from way downtown. <laughs> fly, fly away, the Blazers win. How great who is does that? He, do you know who he does that with? Uh, Lamar Hurd is the guy's name. Yeah. He, he works for the Pac-12, doesn't he? Yeah, he played at Oregon State. Because I saw Yam tweeted something like, the one thing Lamar will always tell you, he's the best leader he's ever been around. Kevin Calabro? <laughs> no, no, same. <laughs> I think Kevin Calabro is one of the great basketball voices ever. That was a solid sometimes, you know, when the, the, the player jumps in and kind of ruins it. Yeah. That was a perfect just like, what? Yeah, it was perfect. And this is where, like, Calabro, who's tr- who was like a great radio guy, that's a TV broadcast, but he kind of called that moment like it was radio, and he it was awesome. And he goes, he's got 47. I love that he said he's got 47. You know, the yeah, the pretty special part, and Oracle's not really quite like this anymore, but you and I experienced it when Steph was that last Mark Jackson year and then the first couple Steve Kerr years. It was pretty fucking awesome. Very Sacramento Kings-like. Mm-hmm. I think right now they're probably the best atmosphere in Portland right now because there's just edge of what they don't have and what they want the fucking it gives you chills when he hit it and you hear the crowd i mean guy dame did his interview like five minutes after obviously because they bear hug i mean it just it's just ape shit probably 10 minutes after the game had ended and he's on the court with whoever the sideline reporter is i swear to god there was not an empty seat like because if you if you went you're like i don't want to leave like this is this is as good. It doesn't get any better than this. It's again being growing up, little small town NBA sack. I felt like that's an unreal moment for the 19th. Like you never forget that if you if you enter that arena, especially the way you did it too. Being down double digits with five minutes left in the game. It's one thing if you win in the whole time and then they come back. Like there was a point in time like I'm. Can I just go to bed? They're not going to win this game. It, it was as legendary of a performance as I think you'll ever see in the NBA. 50. I was so happy having missed the game and like watched the highlights back. I was so happy that when I found out about it via Twitter, it was as it, I thought like I found out like 30 minutes after it happened, but I got, I found out as soon as it happened. And then I, because well, it went to the game in like 10 20. And then I, I mean, jumped on Twitter and just got to enjoy all the, the whole thing was phenomenal. It was sweet. All right. You wouldn't know it. Not just football guys, John do not typecast us. <laughs> Baseball, football, basketball, uh, hockey. Okay. Let's talk about the NFL draft. Sharks move on. Um, Pavelski alive? Dude, that was pretty wild. I, I didn't see any of that game. I know you watched it. Uh, a lot of our listeners probably watched it. Overtime hockey, I got to give it to them, though. It's pretty insane. Mark Davis picked, you know, tough. Well, I don't know Just that much about hockey. I, I don't know that much about the hockey rules. 
Yeah. I but thought I did think like, that penalty was BS, but yeah, I, I don't know enough like what that what that penalty should look like or shouldn't. I just think the craziest part about that penalty, and as someone on Twitter said, it's been instituted since the original six. Like it's a long, the major, the five minute major. Mm-hmm. In other penalties, if you score on the penalty, you come back in, so you don't get the man advantage for you know in perpetuity of the penalty if you score. That one, they're down four nothing. The dude gets kicked out for five minutes. You're playing four on five. They score four fucking goals to tie it up. They're down four nothing with, I, I think it was like seven minutes to go in the game, guy. It's, I saw like Kawakami and some people like that's one of the craziest Bay Area just comebacks ever. It was pretty. It was cool. That is insane. I mean, that's insane. Like you give them full credit. I, uh, I do think it. Imagine if targeting meant you lost a defender for five minutes. Well, that's what someone tweeted at me because I'm like, I, is there an equivalent to this in sports? Someone's like, that'd be the equivalent of like. I, 11 on to me it'd be like 9 on 11 cuz when you're only playing five people the one guy that's it's like one person ele- like you could there've been plays right when they're like damn they didn't have a guy on the field I don't know I feel like 10 is stop. like that's especially but if it's like know. a DB I, I think not I think it's more 9 cuz f- four people guy you have four to defend five I, I why don't you just set up four guys in a semicircle around the goalie like I think they tried they were just blasting fucking pucks <laughs> Like, I don't care. I do think the penalty's BS, but you still shouldn't give up four goals in four minutes with, with a man. Well, I had it on the second TV, so it was muted yeah. watching the basketball game. And I, it, once it's 4 nothing, I mean, guy, I felt it was over when it was 2 nothing. I look up. I didn't see it quite live. I just look up, and he's lying on the floor. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, did this guy – it felt like a football moment when the guy gets knocked out. He wasn't moving. I'm like – how do they cart someone off on the ice? Like this is, it looked like he was dead. I thought he, I thought he was just killed. Seriously. Turns out he was alive. Yeah. I think probably, I don't, I mean, obviously he was bleeding. Maybe if he's not, I don't know if that, the penalty gets called differently. Depending I, I've on the heard, I think the ice hurts when you land on it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On the football? On the football. Who yeah. do the Sharks play next? Do you know? Or do we not Zero clue. Okay. Absolutely no I'll clue. I'll watch it. I'll, I'll be. I mean, it's been. Everyone's fired up about it. So I'm not opposed. Uh, NFL draft is Thursday. And I am beginning to think more and more and more that Kyler is going number one to the Arizona Cardinals. And we're not going to have this crazy curveball that he doesn't. The avalanche they play. The avalanche. Okay. Patrick Waugh. Uh, yeah. Uh, Peter Forsberg. Yeah, I love Peter Forsberg. Claude Lemieux. Claude Lemieux. Who is the tall guy with like the like a dark beard? Not even a beard, just like scruff. Barry Melrose? Not Barry Melrose. <laughs> Damn, who was that guy? Brett Hall? Not Brett Hall. <laughs> Wayne? No, no, not Messier? Wayne. Messier? Eric Lindros. It wasn't Lindros. Who was this guy? You know what's crazy is ESPN used to play a lot of hockey I know. when I cable in like the late nineties. Like it felt like they played hockey like they do baseball now. Joe Sackick. Joe Sackick, yeah. Joe Sackick. I think Forsberg is like their GM, right? I think you're right about that, actually. And and is Patrick Waugh the head coach? You're reminding me that I used to watch a lot more. I thought he didn't yeah, Patrick Waugh get like forced out or something? Wasn't there something weird? Yeah, I used to watch a ton of hockey, and I was a diehard, I think, uh, Wayne Gretzky. There was a video game that was like NFL Blitz that was unreal. He's but the, yeah. Uh, former head coach and VP of hockey operations. Maybe he's gotcha. currently the... I don't know. But anyway, I used to watch a lot more hockey now that I think about it. 
I was a diehard. When you meant like you're right, when it was anyway. maybe not a diehard, but I watched a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on to the NFL draft now. Kyler Murray. I'm. I'm. The closer we get to the draft, the more I think he's going to the Arizona Cardinals. Do you feel that way? I feel the opposite. Okay. I feel that they've pulled an okie doke on us. Now again, this might just be reading and talking about the NFL draft for the last two months. Maybe I'm starting to overthink it, but my theory is that they tried to play the Niners who that the whole league knows they love Bosa and want to take Bosa into getting worried that they'd like might take Bosa or trade. I don't know. Just make them uneasy and just trade one spot like they did with the, uh, with uh, the bears a couple years ago, get like an extra second round pick and still get Kyler Murray and have the Niners come up to one to get Bosa. Uh, here's I've t- my problem with these with the smoke screen when it's to move a spot like the the remember the Bears when they did it with the Niners they didn't have to convince the Niners that they were going to take the player the Niners wanted they had to convince the Niners that they weren't going to take the player that the Niners wanted like I don't think the Bears thought the Niners were about to take Mitch Trubisky because if they were going to take Mitch Trubisky they would take Mitch Trubisky no they they were afraid the Niners would trade would trade with somebody else else. right but. I don't, but that's a different dynamic than we have here. If the Bears could do it over, would they have taken Mahomes? <laughs> yes, John, they would. I'm just saying that's a different dynamic than this dynamic. Like that dynamic was the Bears were afraid they were going to do a trade with somebody else and they wanted a quarterback. If you told the 49ers that Joey Bosa, that the Cardinals are going to trade the first pick to somebody who wants Joey Bosa, okay? Nick. God damn it. Nick Bosa. If you told them that's what was going to happen, would the Niners move up to one and draft Nick, or would they just let somebody draft Nick and then do their own thing at two or that's trade two? Qu- that's a good question. I feel I, like I, they would just let somebody else draft Nick. Yeah, I don't. I think the Niners so are the wrong the type team to get. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I think the smoke screens just making everyone uneasy, just because no one has a great feel. Now, if they end up just taking Kyler Murray and trade Rosen, it was all for naught. But if they end up doing something other than that, it's going to be a pretty big shock, right? Wouldn't you say if Kyler Murray is not an Arizona Cardinal, that's going to be a wow moment, however it plays out. Whether they trade the pick, whether they take another player. Yep. And I'm just starting to think that – because, again, it's fucking Josh Rosen. I I think we talk about Josh Rosen, and that you and I don't, but the way he just casually talked about – more like he's a C.J. Beathard or Connor Cook. Like, oh, they just got this guy in the middle of the rounds. He showed some flash. They drafted him 10th, and again, he was Josh Rosen, like a highly thought of player. So I, I think it gets back to Steve Kime thinking, you can't coach Josh Rosen. Let's make a trade, and let's restock. Or hell, let's just take Nick Bosa, use our top second-round pick, and get really good players around him, and let's start fucking kicking ass and taking names. You, you're the quarterback whisperer. Why can't you work with Josh. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, but part of this might be what if you're evaluating, and this is what I keep going back to. I if, think if Nick Bosa goes one guy, yeah. what would you imagine happens? The 49ers trade with the Raiders. If Nick Bosa goes one, do you think Kyler Murray's a Raider? Yes. He didn't visit Washington. They've got a better trade, like. They got to move so far up. Yeah, they, the the Raiders are in a perfect position. The Niners would you, ra- would you? Okay, I'll give you one. Here's the other thing: the Niners you would want to you would want to trade with the Raiders, even if you like if someone's offering you their first, but the Raiders. Let's say you don't get twenty four, twenty seven, you get their second. Just in well, the, I, 
I don't I'll think it's value. But well, my point yeah. is, you'd want to trade with the Raiders, even if the other compensation is lesser, right? What are the Redskins drafting? Like 12th or 15th, I think? Uh, I got it right here. They I, I think it's 15. Okay. So, would Correct. you rather have the Redskins pick 15, their second round pick in next year's one, or the Raiders fourth and 24? Because I think you could, I think you could argue the Redskins are probably going to suck next year. Yeah. So that pick might give us a top 10 pick. Now, is a bird in the hand better than six in the bush? Because what if they're not that terrible? You know, you never know. Yeah, and they're also, I mean, it means they're drafting, they're not drafting at the top of the second round. They're drafting 46, which is half. Again, almost, the, 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 the kicker is more the next year's one. But the second But, but here's the thing. Half. Even if they're terrible, what are the odds next year's one is better than four? In a good defensive, in a pass, yeah. in a good draft, it, it, more than likely it'd probably be like eight to twelve. It's just right? if you're playing the odds, like they might stink, but. But again, that first round pick, then next year is really valuable. But how many years can we focus on next year? I would take four and twenty-four. You feel like you can still get a game-changing pass rusher at four. Quinn and Williams. And at twenty-four, you can still get. You're going to have your pick of like the skill guys. What would be the bigger headline? Tight ends. That the Niners were able to parlay Kyler Murray into two ones. Or that the Raiders came up and got Kyler Murray. That, Probably that. be the Raiders, right? Because yeah. then it would lead to Derek getting traded. Correct. But I but saw. Can, but but can we I just, was watching. Some, sorry, go. I was just gonna say, on, can we just go Kyler for a second here? I think it's really reasonable to have Kyler Murray graded significantly higher than you had Josh Rosen graded coming out of college. Significantly. Because I wouldn't you like, say most I think people if they're in this draft again, pick, so if you have him at top yeah. fifteen, it's not that big of a difference, right? But I think if this, if Josh Rosen were in this draft, I think most people would have Kyler graded higher than him, based on just like winning just production. I, I, just I would agree, big time games. The just one thing DJ, balling. the one thing DJ's been harping on is you have to now take Josh Rosen and put him in this draft class if you're someone that's considering taking, you know, making a trade for him if that becomes available. Right? Right. Like if you're the Redskins or the Giants or whatever, you have to stack Rosen with the guys. Would you rather have Daniel Jones no. or Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen. Well, and I think that's the easy answer for most people. Maybe Drew Locke is tougher, but Daniel Jones is not tough. You can't convince me that Drew Locke's a better prospect than Josh Rosen. Well, I agree. You, I'm just saying, like, Daniel Jones, you picked the easiest one, I think. But I'm... I'm with you, Rosen over Locke. My Haskins, old, uh, no. my old colleague Greg Gabriel, who worked with me for one year in Philly, and for a long time he was like the Chicago Bears director of scouting. He's now on Twitter, and he's he's the opposite of a hyperbole guy. He's not really a media guy. He's more nuts and potatoes, a football guy. But he's not bad on Twitter. He's aggressive. He's a shit talker. He said, and if he's saying this, I, I think he's kind of hearing it. He expected four quarterbacks to go in the top fifteen. Mm. Wow. And he doesn't just, he's not just try to get reaction guy. Like, he's the opposite of me. So, that, that'd be really good that, for the Raiders. I, I think picks. 100%, but I also think he's factoring, he thinks the Raiders got to be one of those teams fucking taking a quarterback. And I heard Schrager say that he's heard some pretty good buzz that expect a team that no one thinks going to take a quarterback, take a quarterback in the first. Hmm. So who does nobody think is going to take a quarterback? Who do well, we... it'd be it'd be like a fringe playoff team or someone with a young quarterback. Tennessee. 
would they take a first round quarterback after just trading for Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota? I, to me, I'd say no. But like how many quarterbacks? Should exactly, you get? John. Nobody thinks they would do it. But that that to me is like nobody uh, thinks slash. That's stupid. <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah, I mean something like that. Hmm. Green Bay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean the Raiders are. You want to transition this to the Raiders because I. I thought your all these things the Raiders, the Niners, and Kyler all kind of fit together. But the stat you gave me about where we've been pretty lucky the last two years they've been clumped right in the same spot. I know. They've uh, they they've been potential trade partners. Last year it was like they wanted the same player. I mean they had a fucking coin flip to determine where McGlinchey was gonna go. Now think about like, that. McGlinchy's career was determined. By Siciliano flipping a quarter. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not McGlinchey was wearing a Las Vegas Knights jersey in Game Seven or a San Jose Sharks jersey was that coin. If you ask McGlinchey, he would have been wearing right a now, Vegas Knights jersey, John. Him and Mark would have been sitting with the right now <laughs> over some beers. Are you glad that you get to kick it with Joe and play for the Niners, or would you rather bet on the Raiders trade? What do you think he'd say? How could he say <laughs> that he wouldn't want what he has? Yeah, he's like, yeah, I don't wish to be Colton Miller. I mean, man, that was a big domino. There's no disputing that. What? So what? What? Uh, what was that stat you gave me about quarterbacks and Baker and teams trading up? Number might be a little off. It might be 13. It might be 12. But the last 12 or 13 quarterbacks that have been drafted in the first round, every single one of them, beside Baker Mayfield, has been traded up to be acquired. And I think we can just name. The four last year, Baker went one, no trade. They just were shitty. Darnold, three, the Jets had made a trade. Bills, I think seven, they traded up to get Allen. Obviously, Rosen, Raiders, trade. Lamar Jackson, they trade back in. The year before, uh, Trubisky, trade. Uh, Deshaun Watson? Watson, Mahomes, trades. So that's, that's seven. The year before, was that Wentz and Goff? Yep. Well, trade, trade, right? The Rams traded up to get him. The Eagles traded up to get him. So that's that's nine. What would be the year before that? 2015 quarterbacks? Who's that, like Mariota? Jameis? I'm looking to see if there's anybody else in. Did, oh, Paxton Lynch is Paxton uh, Denver. What year was that? That was the, the golf Wentz year. There was one more quarterback in the first round there. So, boom, boom. I mean, that's – yeah. Right? Maybe, that trade so happened. Maybe, okay, so the, for, the stat was the last 10 quarterbacks beside May, Baker have been traded up to get. And how many did we ten, just list? 10. If, you, if I factor in Paxton Lynch. Okay, yeah. That's pretty nuts, isn't it? So, so yeah, but what you bring up is like, to me, kind of what you were just talking about with Kyler and the Raiders – did you say the only major miss there was Paxson? Yeah. And the at least at, at least the information now, we have right now. Yeah, it's hard to go yeah. back on last year. But but we've run a thousand scenarios, it feels like, for both these teams. The one we haven't run until you mentioned it a minute ago is the Raiders using twenty four and twenty seven to move up further in the first round, or using one of those picks to move up in the first round and draft a quarterback with their second pick. So not drafting a quarterback at four, not drafting one at 24, 27, but drafting one at like 15. To me, that would, that would be borderline ludicrous. But right, I mean, that's when you say, yeah, we what, haven't what talked you said about, about the Gabriel, four guys going to the top 15. 
is that off the table? I mean, they. I don't know if they've run that in any of the Mike Mayock simulations that uh, Mike Silver tweeted about. You admit that would be crazy. Moving up from 24 to 15? Yeah, for if, you had to include, if you had to use two first-round picks to go to like... Yeah, I, but I don't think something. you would have to use two first, right? Uh, It'd probably be like, my get, like let's say you're going 24 Depends to how far. You'd probably check... If it's 24 to 15, that would cost you your second? That shouldn't cost you 27, should it? Would you do that for a second? If I'm the team trading to them? Yeah. Yeah. Go to 24, get a much cheaper player, and get a sweet second-round pick? Yeah, like if I want a tight end, I'm at 15. I, and, and to me, that that's not that crazy if I'm the Raiders. To me, it's not crazy if they don't take a quarterback. If they take a quarterback, I'm crushing that move. If they trade up to get like Cleveland Farrell or a pass runner, I'd be like, oh, that's that's a bold move. But you still you still got one. Yeah, you still got one other pick. You're going to come up with three first rounders. I got no problem with that. You could make the case though, like you don't need to do that for a tight end because one of those like three guys might should be there at 24. You'd think. But anyway. If you love whatever, TJ Hawkins. But I but I, I think you could justify it by going, we only had 17 guys graded the first round. We were nervous this guy wasn't going to be there at 24. We had this extra ammo. We can always trade back from 27 back into the second round if we don't like a guy in the first. The Raiders just got a lot of wiggle room, right? They just got a lot of ammo. They can go a lot of different ways. That's where I think, you can, to me, with Derek, you can't trade up for anyone non-Kyler and have me respect it. I won't. Now, like Lewis, I don't know if you've seen Lewis on like NFL Live. He he fucking loves Dwayne Haskins. He thinks Dwayne Haskins is the real deal. I'm I do you lean not the real deal more than real deal? Because I lean more real deal. I lean yeah, I, I lean I'm in the middle where I'd lean like it's not gonna shock me if he's a good player. Like I, I think there are two guys worth drafting really high, and then the rest, more than likely they're all backups. Hell, it wouldn't shock me if like in five years like a Menchu or, you know, some guy drafted like the five, fifth or sixth has more moments than some of the other guys that get drafted over. Sure. I'm with you. I've begun to think like, are, are the, can the giants definitely get him at six? Dwayne has like what, what really quick. I don't want to spend too, what but just answer that real quick. Uh, get who at six. Can they definitely get Dwayne Haskins at six? The Giants. I would say the only, uh, no, definitely no. Because okay. I think the jets could trade, to someone to get, that wants him, and I think the Raiders could potentially just take him. Okay. Because the one thing, who said Schrager said that he had heard that he doesn't know about how the workout went, and they clearly like him as a player. But he said the interview, like when they just sat down, went around Haskins, they loved him, Mayock and Gruden. Which matters as a quarterback. Like the other positions doesn't matter as much, but his his film speaks for itself, right? All the. Uh, all the touchdowns. Mm-hmm. If you sit down with the guy and you go, "This is the type of guy we like," that means a lot of that. And he's a win, like you know, he went, he won big time college football, like dominated big time college football games. All right, ask the question you were going to ask. Are you going to ask what round Gardner Minshew goes in? Yeah, fourth. At the earliest it feels like. Because his senior his I mean, senior bowl was not very good, right? Wasn't that the report? Uh, it's a good question. I I can't. I really think, speak I, on as it. I recall, it was not particularly impressive. He just didn't look very good. I just remember that being one of the things that, like, he wasn't great in the Senior Bowl. Gotcha. So six, seventh, probably at the end of the day. Uh, if I had to guess right now, I would say, is he a lock draft pick? Uh, I think so. Think how crazy it is to go from a potential graduate assistant to a draft pick in a year it's span. Insane. Not just to a potential high. He was like borderline going to New York for the Heisman. 
He was good. I, I, I like him as a player. If Matt McGloin can have a six or seven year career, this guy can't. Now, you know more about this guy's personality. This guy's clearly a different cat. Where Matt, I could see where coaches like love what he stands for. I, this guy's a little different, right? But clearly smart, and he he's kind of, he plays hard. Yeah, I mean, very bright. I think like he was he was the leader of that team. So I like yeah, the football character. If there aren't questions, and he's really smart. Some quarterback coaches in the league are going to love are going to be pounding the table like the fifth and sixth to get this guy as a backup, right? Absolutely. He he's getting drafted for sure. Who's the Seahawks backup quarterback? Didn't we just I mean, they never have. Yeah, they never have one. Yeah. It was the dude from TCU, but then he got arrested, oh, right. and they cut him. Earl Boykins, what was his name? Yeah, something Brandon like that. Boykins. <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, he was a terrible player. What do you think of uh, Mayock doing? Uh, uh, practice runs well my, my question is this when reggie came to the raiders they became much more normal in the sense that shit did not leak even when then jack showed up after dennis it would take like i i only remember maybe one thing leaking and it was them like kicking sea bass or was that gruden oh jack kicked sea bass like he was out of shape and was like pissing people off like it last year but other than that, like they were pretty good about. Remember, they met with Alden and it didn't come out until they ended up signing him. They they just became a real NFL organization. And the Niners, when they got like the bulky years of the last year of Harbaugh, till they got rid of Chip, it was like Jesus Christ. There are way too many stories coming out. Well, since Lynch and these guys, they've become a buttoned up operation. And since Reggie got ousted and John's come in, we know too much shit. We knew you love McGlinchey. We like if we don't know you love McGlinchey, there's a chance the Niners do that trade with fucking the Cardinals, thinking like, God, we can get McGlinchey at 15. Like you can't let out all this information. Like we know you love Josh Jacobs. We know Mike May make Mike Mayock look like he's uh, playing fantasy football. Like stop leaking all these stories. Shut up. Stop talking. People are like, where's the leaks? It ain't the scouts. They're terrified. It's a bunch of guys making 70 to 100 grand just trying to pay their fucking rent. It's, it's, I don't know if it's the head coach, which he clearly is a talker, whether it's the coaches on staff like Cable that can't shut his mouth, or whether it's like Bedane and the little business crew that loves feeling themselves. They, they, they got way too many mouths talking, guy, that should not be. Like, that, that's embarrassing for Mike. That story should not get out. Like, it just makes him look lower level than he is. And that's why I think. Is Mike Long for this? Like, he is not a BS guy. Despite being a media guy, he ain't a leaker. <laughs> I, I just, there's too much fluff. With well, the Raiders, he's also man. not a, let me tell you what I'm up to, right? When you say no BS, no fluff, part of it is like, you're not, he's not interested in letting people know how hard he's working. Like, he doesn't care. And, no. I, and I got no problem with him doing it. Like, it's kind of smart, actually, to kind of put him on the clock. Just to but, have that guy, experience. But guy, every team does that. Like, that's not an unnormal move. I'm just saying it's smart. Whether yeah. every team does it, it's I, smart. I like, I respect, like, it, that's that's good. You should, um, if every team does it, then you should be doing, I'm glad you're doing what every other team does, if that's what every other team does. But Especially we don't. Especially that he has no experience. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, I'm Five not, years from now is when you write that, after they've had a bunch of good drafts. And Mike says, you know, one of the things I thought was kind of crazy, but it, it worked, was it just, you don't really know what it's like to be on the clock till you're on the clock. Just, that's that's it. Or, or, or to me, not even in five years, 
maybe after they have a good draft and Mike goes, you know, we ran a bunch of simulated things and helped me get a little comfortable, helped me sleep the night before I, I felt prepared, just even something like that. <laughs> In three days, Peter King can write that. But to leak out this the day before, it just makes them look kind of JV. It, it makes them look small time. And it, it makes them look like no one there can be quiet. That to me is the crazy thing. No one there can shut up. Everyone's like, oh, the scouts can't be trusted. What? Your fucking head coach and your coaches and your business people can't stop running their mouth. Just just pick some play. Just let the draft play out. You notice, like, who you don't hear from? The Steelers, the Patriots, the Eagles. Like, it just, it's pretty mellow right now. You just, you don't pump your chest out before something happens. Not even pumping your chest out, but you know what I mean. Just, why are you even talking about it? Just let shit play out. I didn't hear forever, like, Got Veach and Andy. They're trying to get Frank Clark. Like 24 hours. God, the the Chiefs are in on Frank Clark. Then it happens. Boom. Bang, bang, boom. The Raiders are always like a month ahead. They love Josh Jacobs. Well, now don't be shocked if a team in the early 20s knows, well, we got to trade up to get Josh Jacobs because they love him. Because last year I can't go, what if they're doing smoke screens? Well, I saw last yeah, year. So you you are all in. You are buying that they like Josh Jacobs. Yes, because <laughs> last year they loved McGlinchey and it was clear they wanted McGlinchey, right? And they had to pivot fast. Right. But that's your own fault. Remember a couple years ago, the Giants. And it feels like that a little bit this year with Daniel Jones or whoever they're going to take quarterback at six. But definitely with the Floyd thing, years ago, the Bears jumped him to get Floyd. And then what did they do? They took Eli Apple, which clearly they didn't want to take at 10. So when you can't stop running your mouth and there is validity to it, it can hurt you. And when you're not in a position to draft number one, I, I think the only information you should ever give out are just raging lies. <laughs> no one should know who you like. Now, I think we got to feel like, I know what kind of players Mayock will like, but I, I feel like I know who Gruden likes because he tells everyone. Just stop talking. There's just, I, I, I'm st- I, I think more and more at guy every day. That the Gruden experience I thought I was getting, I, I was duped. And he's just kind of like this TV character that just, I don't know, man. I, I've sold my stock. I know that. Yeah. But I will say this. They've got three picks in the first round. Like at the, well, yeah. They've they got they three have picks in the first round. So players. if they can nail those picks, I don't know if that changes anything eight years from now, but. To, to me, if they take any quarterback beside the top two and trade Derek, that's that's insanity. Like, that's fucking nuts. And if they trade, if they do something with these two picks that doesn't make that much sense, the 220 picks, like we can't forget this. Why do they have those two picks? Because of two players, Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. We have to think about that with, like, they got four because they suck. So you can, if you want to trade back or whatever, you can do whatever you want. I can't judge. Like, that's your pick. That's a great never forget. Hashtag never forget by you. Well, let's hashtag never forget the reason you got 24 and 27. Because you got the Bears' future Hall of Fame pass rusher. He'll go in as a Bear, yeah. He'll go in as a Bear, yes. And Amari, who... I'll tell you who I bought more stock back into, and that was last year Amari. I ain't betting against him. And neither were Raider fans two and a half years into his career. Well, it's a great point. We have to prepare ourselves for... Like last year, you were sitting on my couch when the Raiders traded a third-round pick for a wide receiver that wasn't going to be on the field. 
right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You were on the couch, right? You were here for the. Yeah, oh, I was thinking at the time. Did we know Martavius was suspended? I don't think we did, but he might get suspended. But we remember? just knew it was kind of crazy. Like we knew we in knew the moment, this is nuts. Insane. Yeah. It was insane. Uh, the third round pick from Martavius Bryant, and then as it played out, he did not make the team out of training camp, and it turns out he was suspended. Remember, didn't he get popped for a couple games early on? But he did not make the team. That that was, to me, a bigger issue than being suspended because his resume spoke for itself. Like, at any moment, he can get in trouble. But he wasn't able to make the fucking team. That, that, that's nuts. That's where I, I think of all the teams in the league. Because someone, someone DM'd me the other day, like, how are we going to be able to tell if, if he's listening to Mayock or not? And good question. And I, I was like, I don't know necessarily. I think if they take a quarterback that's Daniel Jones or Drew Locke, that would feel a little Gruden-ish. If they take a bunch of offensive players, look at this offseason guy. They signed multiple. I mean, they got an elite wide receiver. They signed another really good wide receiver from the Chargers. They signed another guy, Ryan Grant. So you draft, you signed three wide receivers. You're starting three wide receivers. You signed an offensive lineman. So your offensive lineman basically is intact. You're missing a guard, but you can draft a guard in the middle rounds. Like, you could argue if Mayock took a deep breath and took a step back, him and Paul Gunther would be like, we should take three defensive players in the first round, right? Like, you you could make a legit argument. It shouldn't even be a question. Mm-hmm. If, any, if all things are even close to being equal, all three guys should be on defense. If they take three offensive players... Somehow, some way, Mayock might quit. <laughs> now that would be a story. Would that mean emergency I, Thursday well, night midnight someone, podcast? Mike Lombardi said if you do, if you look at the thirty players they brought in on visits, seven or eight of them were wide receivers. And Lombardi had a good point. He's like, like I just said, you sign those three guys, you clearly like, yeah, there's some wide receivers in this draft, but why are you wasting? Eight of your 30 visits when a team, your defense has been historically poor on offensive players, especially wide receivers. Everyone, you should bring in every pass rusher, every fringe defensive back that might be in the 20s. Like, a team with three picks, you're bringing in wide receivers? But again, it's it's Gruden. Because that's what Gruden cares about. He doesn't give a shit about the defensive backs. I actually kind of feel bad for Paul Gunther. I don't know about feel bad, but yeah, not feel bad, but it just—it's not even—he doesn't even have a chance to like prove himself that like I, I think that in a couple of years their defense can be terrible if they were to draft a bunch of offensive guys and everyone's just gonna look at him like the village idiot. When I was like, guys, I mean, he's playing with Arden Key, PJ Hall, like he—he'd established in Cincinnati. You give him good players, like their defensive units over like a seven-eight year span. He was a dominant linebacker coach, and then he was a good defensive coordinator. Like he's proven, he kind of knows what he's doing if he has some talent. Well, it's one of these deals where if it does, if it goes very badly, he'd get another shot, right? He'd be a defensive coordinator somewhere else. You think Paul Gunther will be here five years? No, no chance. Five years is a long time. Yeah. Um. All right. Niners drafted number two. So let's get our final answers in on: Are they more likely to draft the two or trade the pick? Because trade the pick has to be on the table, given their recent history. 
if the Cardinals do not go Kyler Murray, wouldn't you say trade the picks 95%? And I'd be all for it. Yeah. I would say if Especially Kyler Murray because goes, I think you can go to four. Like, you go to four if... The, uh, yes, yes. I'd say trading the pick, even if Kyler went one, would still probably be like 35-40%. Because if somehow they get an extra second-round pick, it'd be huge for them. And justify, we could still say Quinn and Williams or Devin White or get a really totally. elite player. Yep. I think Would you be opposed if they traded back like four or five spots no, and so got I, Devin White, the linebacker? No, so I am more in favor of this than I used to be, only because now the draft is almost here and I'm kind of fired up. Um, I always hate, you know, John, two things, trading back and taking offensive linemen. That's not a good draft philosophy. Trading back usually is good, and so is offensive linemen, but tongue-in-cheek, you know, partly it bores me a little bit. That said, if you're not trading back so far that you don't still get a blue chipper, because I do think they are in a position where they this team does still need blue chippers. Like, you need volume, you need depth, but you do need playmakers. Like, you need, we lost Ruben Foster, you need playmakers on this team. So I would not want to fall, trade back so far that I'm losing out on blue chippers. Um, so that's how I, I would judge a trade back. Was Are you still getting blue chippers? I'd agree there. That's fair. And it does feel like you can drift a little away from Quinnen and Bosa uh, and still get somebody who's could be viewed in the eyes of a beholder. As a blue I think chip. the thing you got to like, I, I the fans probably would struggle with like go two to ten or two to like twelve and get a next year's first round pick, right? That's the one where it's yeah, like, eh. you're not in the you're, Chiefs all in. We got to win right now, but you're you do need to you need to start winning. Yeah, and you need just more players. So to me, you're better off moving the less spots back and getting this, this year's second, getting another high pick. I agree. Yeah, so like you'd way rather do. They're getting, like, the Bills next year's one. You know, if they go, like, eight to so, two. All right, would you rather do four and 24, so you trade with the Raiders? Yes. Or, that's going to be hard to top for me. Yeah, same. Like, I think that's the best deal you can get, actually. And I would take that deal over more stuff. Me too. Or I'd, like, say, four, I'd say four and 27 is pretty enticing, too. Yeah, like, you'd take that deal, four and 27. Let's try and soften it a little. Over... Eight and the Bills second and the Bill and the Buffaloes next year's one. Would you do that? Yeah, probably, probably. Because I'm living in the moment and mm-hmm. I can turn that 27 maybe into a couple twos. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to accumulate three players in the top 50 instead of just two. Right. And that's big for me this year. Yep. Because I'm I'm trying to win and I I think they will think like that too. For so, being a big picture organization, I, I think they're. We're kind of in the fast lane here. We need to be competitive this year. We need more players. We need more swings right now. So I think if Kyler goes one, then the target teams become teams that can't get Quinn and Williams or Nick Bosa or whoever, you know, we'll see. Like, do people think Josh Allen goes now? Whoever, I think then the sweet spot becomes some of those teams that you don't really want to trade with, though, right? Like 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Those become candidates. Um, the question is: Is like, are the Packers going from twelve to two for a defensive player? No, the, to me, they, they got two. They're not trading up, so that's too far back. So then it's maybe it's like you said: it's Detroit at eight or Buffalo at nine, Jacksonville at seven, maybe. Do the Giants feel like they got to get like like? Do the Giants feel like? What about twelve to two for twelve and thirty? Um. I would do. I boy, I makes you think though, right? Makes you think. 
Why is Green Bay doing that? I know that's not your question, but well, because they're paying Aaron Rodgers 100 million, they're trying to win a fucking, trying to make the playoffs next year. Yeah. Like I, I would say anything after the Giants at six is when I start thinking about just keeping my pick. Like, would you do Jacksonville seven and thirty-eight for two? I'd sure think about that too. Yeah, that's enticing. Uh, Detroit, keep in mind, is a little further down in the second round than they are in the first. So they were like second round pick is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and their first round pick is twelve. So they draft eighth in the first round. I almost called the Tigers. (laughs) The Lions are eight. Uh, I didn't know that. They're eight, and then but then their second round pick is the eleventh pick of the round. Um. You know, like the Giants are six, but then in the second round, they're five. The Raiders are four, but then in the second round, they're three. I would go two to six for the Giants' second round pick. Yeah, I think I would too. Especially because you think they're taking a quarterback. And so that's now two quarterbacks have gone one and two. So you're kind of drafting. If you don't need a quarterback, you're kind of drafting fourth, right? You're pushing some guys down. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That would be that would feel good. I'd feel good about Well, six. I think if you go two to six and two quarterbacks go one, two, you go, well, Quinn and Williams and Bosa are going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So are we cool with Josh Allen, with maybe one of these other pass rushers, maybe Devin White, you know, someone like that? Could we could we justify taking some sweet offensive linemen, you know, well, you know like Quinn Williams and move them to guard? Keep in mind, I think you are cool with that because then you end up with the fourth and fifth picks of the second round. So now you can take that Two second sweet round players pick. there. Yeah, or you're taking that second round one of those you're taking like the giant second round pick or your second round pick and moving back into the first round. Like the second round pick and the third round pick to go to Seattle at twenty nine or something. Yeah. Now or maybe even further up. Like to me, if you if I gave you let's say you're who else likes to trade back? Uh New England. Well, no, Seattle, New England. You know what? Seattle's got number twenty one. Now they might use that one and trade twenty nine. But like if I'm if I'm giving you let's say 36 and then the third pick of the third round, like I want to go a little further than 29. What about 21, 29, and a next year's one for two with Seattle? That'd be very enticing. They wouldn't just it? go get. They just want Nick Bosa. They just would you do that? 21, 29, and next year's one. You said or two. Yeah, so you'd have twenty nine, tw- you'd have twenty one, twenty nine, thirty six, and a one now. Yeah, that's pretty enticing. <laughs> that flies in the face of kind of the theory that you still need to get a blue, a blue blue chipper. But man, well, because the one thing that goes out the window a little bit on draft day, unlike every other day of the year, you can trade inside your division. Like you, do, you just value value, right? The You're problem is like, like they're not moving. They're moving there to take Nick Bosa or yeah. Quinn Williams. So you are playing against got, that guy they got, twice. They got two first round picks to give you, or three technically, if you include next year's. Yeah. But now, but I'm now I'm facing Nick Bosa twice a year. Yeah, but I also got I get another sweet offensive lineman. I get Nikhil Harry and I get Marquise Brown. So I, I fucking feel like my gun's a little more loaded. Don't I feel like maybe I can get one of those guys anyway at 36? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, but I get two of them. But I need two of them because it's 50-50 at that point. That they'll both be good. 
Or maybe I take 21 then and 29 and move up to 10. I'm wheeling and dealing, guys. Now that, okay, now if you're going to do, I don't, if, I don't know if I love having 21 and 29, but losing two. But twenty-one, twenty-nine. That's a lot of that's a lot of ammo. I know it is. Yeah, God, this scared is, money doesn't make money, guy. I, guy, don't you, you see these Mayock? I mean, can you imagine the 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 things that are coming at them in the simulation? You think they got people like from the, like interns from the other room calling them like Mike? Yeah, like hey, this is this is, this is, uh, this is Tampa. <laughs> this is Tampa. We'll offer you seven, eight, nine. We need to know. We we'll offer yeah, another third, phone rings and next year's two. And you have, uh, we got to know in 30 seconds. Then his other phone rings. I was like, uh, this is Bill. The Chiefs had 29. Now the Seahawks have it because they traded flank, flank, Frank Clark. I they, can use a flank steak. I could use a flank Clark right now. That's at his restaurant in Kansas City. They're probably serving up flank Clark steaks. Um, Seattle traded. Seattle got a one and a two and swapped threes for Frank Clark. But the Chiefs do have two twos next year because they got the Niners too. Uh, my first reaction to this, I'll admit, John, was holy what? They a one and a. Now you start thinking about it, and you realize he's twenty five and he's a star, and they're all in and all that. It does, but I don't blame people who reacted that way at first because I I did. I got to admit, see, I, I I don't think it's that nuts at all. Well, uh, I but, think but, that, but two different things though. Like, what was your first reaction when you saw the deal? Well, because I, I, I tweeted out the other day that I thought that he was going to go for a first-round pick. People are like, no way he's going for a first-round pick. This is when the Raiders fans wanted him. Like, why don't we trade 27 for Frank Clark? I'm like, that's what he's worth. He's not worth your second-round pick. He's an ascending guy in his mid-20s that's a fucking baller. I mean, a baller. A, he's better than D Ford. So he's just, he's just much better. He's more complete But player. he didn't just go for a one. He went for a one and a two. Well, but I think when you look at it's all based on precedent. Trades in the NFL, or yeah, definitely the NFL because it's based on draft picks, are like the law. It's all based on precedent. Well, last year, the the best version of Frank Clark went for two ones and a three. So you go, well, he's not worth two ones, but he's worth definitely a one because he's a 13-sack guy. He's a more complete player. I think he's had 32 sacks in the last three years. He's missed two games in his career. He's a complete player. He dominates against the run, and he's young. Now, he's got some character flags on him at least coming out of college. I don't know if he's been in trouble since, but you go, okay, it's the cost of doing business to get an ascending player in the NFL. It's a double whammy. You have to trade a lot for him and then you have to pay him. Now the Browns didn't have to quote unquote pay Odell Beckham because he had already been paid, but they're taking on the contract. The Browns who got jerked off and I did it, you know, we all did about, oh, you traded a one, a starting safety and a three for Odell Beckham. Well, 17 is way better than 29. And you can look at the resume and go, well, Odell, I mean, has some legitimate injury questions. You know, 17 is a really good draft pick in this draft that feels like a, you know, 20 type first rounders. They gave pick 29 when all we've been saying when we talk about the NFL is like when you get a rookie quarterback, you got to put all your chips in the middle of the table. Well, they got the best rookie contract quarterback, I don't know, NFL history in Pat Mahomes. So why? I don't understand why people were so shocked. Like, what should they have just waited to draft fucking Nikhil Harry or whoever? Like, the you just saw with D Ford, who was drafted in the twenties, that sometimes first routers in the twenties, even if they become good, take a little while. The Chiefs don't have time on their. They're trying to win a championship this year. But I think there's a difference between hating the trade and being surprised when it happened. I, I'm just not shocked that they got a one. 
But that's not what I, they got a one and the two, John. They got a one and a two. That's what I'm saying. I, that's why I don't blame people who are like, what? Now, I think everything you said is true. I think part of it, too, was Frank Clark. If Frank Clark had been the seventh overall pick in his draft, it'd be, I think it'd be viewed a little differently. Like when he got drafted, he was viewed as a red flag and then he's produced. But I think if he was the seventh overall pick, the, the spotlight on his production would have been brighter. I think people I, would have I, a better I, idea I, of how I just good think he is. they're looking at it and I saw one of the guys that covers the Chiefs. I, I didn't ask Veach this, but they viewed him as the second best outside edge rusher in the league. So obviously Mac and then him. Now that's probably a little bold, you know, Vaughn, there's some other guys, but he's, I think they view him as a top five edge, complete player. So you go again, you just base it on, I, I view him as a top five complete player at the second most important position in the league. Look what they just, it costs to get Odell Beckham pick 17 and you have to acquire the contract and a player and a third. So I, I, I think we're overreacting a little bit because, again, you're right. On the surface, I go. I'm just saying my, your reaction Wednesday afternoon to me is different than Tuesday, like when the deal happens. Like the other thing with Odell was Odell, like they didn't want to trade Odell. And we don't think. Oh, guy, okay. come on. Well, the Giants, there's a clear difference. I mean, we knew the Seahawks couldn't keep him around. Like they, could, they couldn't afford him. Like the Giants had already paid Odell. Like that to me is a difference in terms of leverage. Yeah, I I just think that multiple teams would have paid a lot for. Now it might have been a really high one Clearly. and like a next, or I mean a really high two and next year's two. Because again, I, I was texting with someone with the Chiefs yesterday. Do you know what t- pick twenty nine is, guy? Because I, I'd say, don't you say it's fair to say universally every GM that admits to as much never says there are thirty two graded first round picks. Mm-hmm. Most of them say between like fifteen and twenty. Schneider actually is always on the low end. So he views this pick. You are getting a second round player for a first round salary. Yeah. And it's not even arguable that whoever they got at 29 is not going to be as good as Frank Clark. 95% chance. Now there is the fact, oh, you had to pay him. Yeah. That's it's part of the deal in the NFL. And I saw Chris Mortensen had a great tweet. I think we freak out too much about money. The salary cap is $190 million and rising. And and they have a rookie. I, I, I would just rather have a veteran player, again, when I say veteran, an ascending younger player, than pick 29 if I'm them and I'm all in trying to win a championship. Then risk, yeah, what if Marquise Brown, it takes him a year or two, and I don't get enough out of him. No, it's year. totally, look, I like the trade for Kansas City, and I actually, and I like the trade for Seattle. I think it was a win-win. I do too. All I'm saying is when a when a number one and a number two gets traded, that's just always going to get a. It's just. That's I, I also think you could argue, and I think Seattle had to make this trade because they'd been burned the last five or three or four years of just not getting rid of the guy at the right time. Yeah. So I give them they had to get if they weren't going to pay him, you get rid of him the right move. But you are losing your third best player, and you're a playoff team. You do agree like this is a big loss for them, like. He, if it's Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, and this guy are just blue chip guys, and you remove one of those guys for now a draft pick, which is important because you're paying the quarterback, but your goal as a franchise, like their goal is not to like take a step back and then take a couple forward. Like they want to make the playoffs well, yeah. next year. Yeah. So you're going to be depending, and I think most of us would imagine that they trade back this pick and try to accumulate more players because their argument probably is two things. We weren't going to pay him. 
We had to get value. And two, given that Russell makes so much money and Bobby's going to be a free agent next year and we're going to pay him a lot of money, that we needed more late first, early second round type guys on that type salary, and we didn't have any of those picks. Seattle, Seattle, we're trading Frank. We got a deal. Frank's out of here. That's how they should have announced that trade with Russell in bed. I got paid, but Frank's gone. I, I just, he was, he, he, you could argue last year he was our second best player. Now, Bobby, I think, was an all pro. I mean, Bobby's really good, but. Well, I also think you could argue that this hurts the 49ers, potentially, in that because we know the Seahawks love trading out of that end of the first round, that there could be a player that the Niners like and they think they've got a shot to get at the top of the second round that somebody moves up to 29 to get. Like I would I would agree it negatively impacts the draft for them, but I think in the short term for the season, it helps the Niners because they don't have to play this guy. Yeah, that's a good point. So, and I saw a bunch of offensive linemen tweeting like, this guy's really good. You know, it's one of those that I think that, I don't think he's ever made a Pro Bowl. Last year he had 13 sacks. I think he's got 32 over the last several years. I think the NFL values him because a lot of people were tweeting like, wouldn't you rather have D Ford than Frank Clark? You could have just kept him. Well, two things at the time they got rid of D Ford. It felt like they were, remember rap sheet when you and I talked about it, they were going to give Tyreek Hill like $70 million guaranteed. Well, then his kid breaks his arm. We're not quite sure by who now has been removed from the home. He hasn't been cut, but that contract clearly is off the table. So they had the money. They had to reallocate it. They went, well, might as well, I'd rather have Frank Clark than our pick 29. Yeah. I, I just think it makes people, everyone just crushing the deal. I think when you take a deep breath, and again, I agree like a day later. I'm just saying even five minutes later, it, it's, I, I completely understand for both sides. And and you made this point too earlier. I don't think you made it here on the pod yet, but like your window when your quarterback is cheap is small. Right. Well, why did we give the Browns so much credit for a very similar trade with Odell, and we're not giving them true credit with Bobby Wagner? Um, because Odell's much more Brown, famous. I, yeah, I think he's more famous. I think he's viewed as a bigger star. I think uh, just receivers. I, you know, I we've been talking about Odell for a long time. Like, there were, who was going to get him? Um, he was already under contract. Uh, I think but the you're, Browns but, are you're like, in, but you're inheriting that money. No, I, makes I understand. I'm just telling you why. Like I think all these things are factors. Um, and that contract was viewed like against other receivers as a pretty good contract. Um, because the Browns are kind of fun. I think offensively to root for right now. You know, some of these are logical reasons. Some of them aren't. Um, but I think it was viewed as like you're getting potentially one of the best, maybe the the best receiver in the NFL if he's healthy. Um, now I don't I don't hold that opinion, but you can make it. I think it's also just easier for people to identify who one of the best receivers is than like if Frank Clark's one of the best pass rushers. Right. It's just uh, yeah, it's fair. Like you're getting one of the biggest stars in the NFL. Like that's a part of it. Like Frank Clark think, might be won't be one of the best defensive players. He's not a top fifty star. No. Today he might be next. He next year though he might be. He might turn into that. Be on national well, TV. If he's on, on Chiefs. If he's on the best team in the league, yeah. So, they got better. Would As you someone, rather, if you were them, you probably wouldn't trade D Ford and a one and a two for Frank Clark, would you? If you had D Ford still? They got a two back from D Ford. 
So would you do D Ford a one and a two for Frank Clark and a two? Yes. Okay. I would do what they did. Because I, I don't uh, – yeah, but I'm saying if that was – I think the, diff- the, the difference is on – Because I think – my point is, John, I think they would do it in terms of like – I think they're happy how it all worked out. Be, I know, I know, I would, know they are. To me, it would feel different to trade D Ford and a one and a two for Frank Clark and a two. That would just feel like a different trade. But Frank Clark's a better player. As the text I got, emoji with the glasses on, he's a straight stud. And I just replied baller to the GM, who, who is, I'll say this for Veach. He's, I, he's not, he's famous now, but I don't think people quite know, like, some of the stories are out there now nationally. Like, he is proven, he is really, he's a really elite evaluator with high-end blue chippers over the years. I mean, Andy's gone on a record about Shady and Deshaun. He was the guy... He convinced Andy to do that. Marcus Peters, uh, obviously all the shit they Mahomes, like he of anyone I've ever met, there might be some better guys in the mid rounds or whatever. When it came to a blue chipper in the first round, and then evaluating the first round who he could get, mm. I'd put Veach toe to toe with anyone in the NFL. Now again, he's he's like Al Davis in his prime, and Andy's got a little bit of that. Like they see elites, they like the elite guys. Now, they like the fluff, too, but they don't mind, like, our defense is the worst in the league, but we got four defensive line blue chippers. Like, we, they live with that. But his understanding of, like, one thing, D Ford was not a great uh, scheme fit for them because they, they are a 4-3 defense now, but their 4-3 defense is not the Niners' 4-3 defense where D Ford fits the Niners' 4-3 scheme that runs that Leo position where they're more of a true – what the Giants used to do with Steve Spagnola when they won it with like Strahan and Tuck and all those guys, a little more uh, old school, like where you're just your two defensive ends aren't like wide ninety, where the Leo's kind of just he gets to kind of play outside and just win with speed. So for them, like Frank Clark makes way more sense, and I think they weren't comfortable D Ford not being a great scheme fit. They they weren't naive to the fact like they knew the cost of like what it was going to take to extend whether it was d ford and then what they were going to have to pay frank clark they would have rather rather paid frank clark 10 more million dollars guaranteed and got the guy that fits them better who they think's better who's younger and more complete than pay d ford less and keep some of those assets who they thought those assets aren't as great when they're not worried about the assets as much because they're trying to win a super bowl this year the simple right? answer is they're a better football team today yes and, and better football team even than they would have been Friday, like after they but, drafted in the first round. And I got a couple tweets yesterday like it's that a lot of people were big picture. This hurts the Chiefs, right, because they, they're at a first-round pick. They didn't have a first-round pick last year, and they don't, have a, they don't have a second round next year. Well, actually they do because they got the Niners. But that's a lot of capital, right, to build your team big picture. And my response was simple. As long as Andy's the coach and Mahomes the quarterback, they're going to be in pretty fucking good shape. You think they regret not having a first-round pick last year to have Patrick Mahomes? I mean, seriously. You no, think I mean, look, one day they they might have to do the trade that the Seahawks just did, right? The, the more, summer, than likely, more than likely they will. Right? Right? The year that Patrick Mahomes signs his extension, someone's getting traded from that team who's making a lot of money. But you're right. Like, okay, that's the cost of having an elite quarterback. Good thing we have an elite coach, too. If you had Patrick Mahomes on your team... 
Would you be more inclined to be aggressive with a move like this than worry about drafting at 29 when he's on his rookie contract? Absolutely. So that's the thing that I guess I struggled with when everyone in the media like freaked out yesterday. You've just given like the Rams a bunch of credit a couple years ago. You're giving the Browns a bunch of credit. This is very similar. Now, I think the difference in this is because of, like you said, it was basically just a D Ford, Frank Clark swap. Yeah, maybe. I, I think part of it goes back to like just Frank Clark is not. Maybe he is talked about like Aaron Donald. No, and, I, I, I think D, I think D Ford was much more talked about player because yeah. he was on the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. I think part of this is the percent like people. I don't think they have a negative perception of Frank. I just don't think what clearly what the league, what the what the Chiefs think of him is not quite what just what everybody thinks, even though by the end of next year it probably will be what everybody thinks. Right. That's what I'm betting on. Yeah. Well, I mean the, the Seahawks would tell you the Seahawks would tell you we think he's a great player. I would imagine too if you texted these guys and they said when you really kind of dove into Frank and studied him and made sure that he was the type of guy you want. I looked at it yesterday. The AFC West played the NFC West last year. Mm-hmm. So he got three games against Denver, the Chargers, and the Raiders. Guess what Frank Clark did in those three games? He had four and a half sacks. And I would imagine countless tackles for losses. He beat Colton Miller like a drum. I mean, just, I mean, molly whopped him. And then he had two sacks against the other two teams. So they go, you know what? I like that, that that had to add a little to it. They don't play Wait, I thought they had the Rams this year. Who? Chiefs. Well, they don't play the NFC West. Yeah, I guess they don't. I don't know why I thought they did, but played them last year. Yeah. But they do have the other three teams in that division which he played and did well against. To me that factors in when you're going to do something like when's the last time he played our division? Oh damn. He did, oh, whoa. <laughs> He beat Colton Miller like a drum. Oh, he built. I don't know even know who the Chargers left tackle is. But that, me, that, it's also like you just. I guess you could just do this with every schedule every year. But like we play Indy, we play Houston, we play Green Bay, we play Minnesota. He's played all these teams. We play New England. No, that's who they're playing this year. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we play these other teams out of the division that are good. Like we gotta. We can't just rely every week on Pat Mahomes winning a shootout. They play the who, who they play the Steelers. They do like who's their first not. who's their first place who's their first place schedule? They play New England. They play one other team. Do they play the Ravens? Uh, they play the Ravens and they play Houston. And what they, division do they play? The AFC South. Uh, yeah, because they play Indy, Houston. So their their two their two Tennessee. AFC first place opponents are the Ravens, and uh, and the Patriots. And then they get Houston just because they play that division. Right. So I, I do see where when you play a first-place schedule, it's a triple whammy because you're going to play one of the divisions in your conference, so you're going to play that best team. And it turns out the division they play, that's a good division, right? You also, could argue that them and the Colts are a fucking coin flip for the best. And then you play the Ravens, which probably an easier team than the, than the Steelers or Browns this year, but you get the Patriots, which – is that a Sunday night game? I mean, it's got to be. <laughs> yeah. Also, you don't have, like, to your point, you don't have Tyreek Hill. So now we're potentially. Well, do you? Oh, you're you right. They don't have him signed. You don't, I mean, you know, <laughs> you don't have, have him. might be cheap, actually. <laughs> yeah, they, the, they, they're not getting rid of him. They uh, they're like, in the, like, they got Frank Clark, for crying out loud. Like, they got the guy that they wouldn't have drafted. They obviously didn't draft him 
few years ago. They let the Seahawks figure out the red flag, and now he's on their team. Well, would Frank Clark, let's say Tyreek Hill had never gotten in trouble and they had given him, you know, five-year, $110 million, 70 guaranteed. Is Frank Clark on this team? I don't think so. Do you? Maybe, because I did read something that this, if Tyreek hadn't gotten in trouble, it wouldn't have changed their plans. They they might be able to well, uh, kept budget but they wouldn't have kept D Ford. They didn't. We know that because they thought they, they might have. They might have got rid of D Ford no matter what. Because yeah. maybe Spagnola just said, you know, he's not a great fit for how much we have to pay him. So they might have had the money, given that Mahomes doesn't make that much. And the way these deals work, what Frank Clark's essentially just on a two-year, probably you know, fifty million dollar deal, right? Maybe it's a three-year deal. This but, is the year, John. Maybe this is the year the Chiefs finally win Andy's Super Bowl. Do you think they win a Super Bowl in the next two years? Um. If he's ever going to win one, he's going to win one with this guy. Yeah, right? like I, you're asking me with the, the old one. I close my eyes. Do I see him holding the trophy up? I think he's a Super Bowl worthy coach. So, like, I'm happy. He's, he's I'm eventually going to get over the hump, guy. I think so. I mean, it, it's just it doesn't always work that way, just because it's hard. But he's a Super Bowl worthy coach with an MVP level quarterback. So shouldn't you just always bet on that? Like, I think he's one of the best coaches with an MVP level quarterback. That's, and a really and a really talented team. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like you feel as good betting on him as you do anybody else that hasn't won a Super Bowl to this point, right? Like who, do you feel better about betting on the Rams? Maybe you would. I don't know. That'd be fair. Uh, I, see, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they got to go through the Patriots, obviously, Kansas City. But, okay, I think they can. I, I do think the AFC is kind of hard, right? The Chargers are good. Yeah, the, the AFC South is really good. Yeah, the Saints. The, the, the NFL, the top end of the NFL is tough. The Eagles are going to be good. The Cowboys are going to be good. Like, if you win, if for them to win a Super Bowl, as you saw last year, it was going to be hard. Like, they first round game, they played the Colts. Now they kicked their ass, but still, you're playing Andrew Luck. Second round game, or I guess the championship for them, go toe to toe with the Patriots, and then they would have played the Rams. Like, it's right now is a hard time. Now it always is, but it, I mean, there are the Patriots are the best team maybe ever. But then there's like another 10 teams that are legitimately, if the Patriots did not exist, I could sell you on eight to 10 teams winning the Super Bowl this year, right? If I just subtracted the Patriots mm-hmm. from the top level. Mm-hmm. If I told you the Eagles won it, if I told you the Cowboys won it, if I told you the Saints won it, if I told you, you wouldn't say the Chargers, but you'd be like, you have to admit the Chargers fucking team is really good. Chiefs. The Colts. The Jets. No, I'm kidding. Browns right. getting some momentum. And we'll see you on Friday. <laughs> All right. Now it's lunchtime, John. Okay. Godspeed. Later. Upstart.com slash ham. Go check it out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.